This is Words That Move Me, the podcast where movers and shakers like you get the information and inspiration you need to navigate your creative career with clarity and confidence. I am your host, Master Mover, Dana Wilson. And if you're someone that loves to learn, laugh, and is looking to rewrite the starving artist story, then sit tight, but don't stop moving, because you're in the right place. Hello, hello. How are you? (laughs) My name is Dana. This is Words That Move Me. I am stoked that you are here. This is a really special episode. I am thrilled about introducing you to my guest this week. Her name is Lily Frias, and she is simply sensational. (laughs) In this episode, we cover everything from Cinco de Mayo and what you should know about it uh, to her style, her process, her history and Mexican history, her crew, her crews, plural, and her take on using dance as self-discovery. It is a good one. (laughs) And I'm excited to get into it. But first, wins. This week on the podcast, I am celebrating that we got this episode done. Despite me being abroad, um, I was in Atlantic City, New Jersey, when we recorded this episode, so I do apologize in advance for the audio quality of the interview being a little less than A+. <laughs> um, but I am honoring sticking to the schedule and getting it done no matter what really is my goal to bring you the good stuff, and I'm stoked to be bringing you this interview on Cinco de Mayo if you are listening on the day of its release, which I think is really important. So I hope this episode catches you on the day. And if not, I hope you keep it in mind for next and future Cinco de Mayos. Um, All right. So that is my win. I'm honoring the schedule. We got it done. I'm accepting B, maybe B minus work on the audio front. But listen, I'm not apologizing for any of the content of this episode. I'm thrilled about this conversation. Uh, And before I share it with you, you share with me. What's your win? What is going well in your world? Hit me. Congrats. I am so glad that you're winning. Keep winning. Um, And while you were talking to yourself and maybe to me out loud, I realized I have another win. Um, (laughs) I do this a lot. I have a lot of of things to celebrate. I'm a celebratory type. I forgot to let you know that I've decided to invite you and all other human types. (laughs) Yep, this is very open. An open invite to another live podcast recording that's going to take place on May 11th, 2021 at 2 p.m. Pacific. May 11th, 2021, 2 p.m. Pacific. You don't have that long. Um, I just, I'm doing this because I had a ball with the last one. We've only done this one time, a live podcast recording with a bunch of listeners via Zoom, and we had a ball with it. If you want to go back and listen, that was episode 46. Had a really good time. Um, I'm excited to bring it back. I'm excited to hear from you, talk to you, answer any questions that you might have, and in general, continue to get to know my listeners. I'm stoked about it. So mark your calendar, May 11th, 2 p.m., PST. Excellent. Okay, that's that. 
Let's get into this conversation with Lily Frias. Enjoy. All right, my friend, let's do this. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dancelings of all types, I am so excited to be having this conversation right now with Lily Frias. Welcome, Lily. Oh, Dana, thank you so much for having me. Oh, my goodness. I cannot wait. Um, I'm excited for you to, to introduce yourself because I came to know you first. I was a fan of you. I saw you on ABDC probably a thousand years ago with your crew, Funkdation. Um, then I got to know you more personally. I would love to just uh, lend you the floor and let you introduce yourself to everybody that's listening. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, oh, where to start? So my name is Lily Frias. I'm a professional dancer and choreographer based in L.A., I was born and raised in Mexico in the state of Durango in a very small city called Lerdo. And uh, I actually lived in New Mexico for a little bit when I was a kid. Uh, my dad was studying his PhD, so we had a, a little bit of years in my childhood where I got to be exposed to hip hop. And my older sisters were going to middle school and high school in the US, and they were just Last in the 90s, like Destiny's Child, Usher, they were going to the concerts. I was trying to recreate these music videos and be like, my way, Yo. <laughs> my way, and the more money we come across. Like all of that, I was just, uh, just baffled in love. And uh, I just always had a lot of energy and just fell in love with dance. Took my first dance classes there. Then uh, by the time I was like seven, turning seven, we returned to Mexico and uh, took me a while to find a studio out there. But then I, I got back into my dance training and haven't stopped ever since. <laughs> and you are a force to be reckoned with, my friend. Thank you, Dana. So, so you. is that Writings on the Wall album though? And Confessions, like don't get me all started. All of it. <laughs> it was so good. All of the, all of it. All of Brandy, it. All of the 90s that was in there like, what is this? Full Moon is untouchable, untouchable. Okay. Yeah. So in yes. addition to having exquisite taste in music, your family also supported or helped encourage this dance um, career and pursuit of yours or? or... No, they, they are uh, very much involved in my life. I am from a very tight knit family. I actually, in Mexico, I grew up neighbors with my family. So it was my grandma's house, my house in the middle and my auntie on on my left side. So we were just basically neighbors. There was no escaping. I had friends over and my grandma was always like, Lily, who's this? So <laughs> they were fully involved in, in my life. And with dance, I think as a little kid, I just really saw a lot of energy in me. I was a uh, nonstop. And I think they were like, okay, we need to do, we need to channel this crazy. And I always just used to recreate movies and sing and uh, they took me to a, a ballet and jazz class and I did a, a piece to my favorite things. I was wearing like so like itchy mittens for sure and an itchy tutu, but I was in there living my best life. And uh, then after that, when I got to Mexico, when we moved back to Mexico, it was definitely very much like self-discipline and self-love that I was just like, I need to find somewhere to dance. Mm -hmm. I was just, I used to do it all the time by myself, but they, they were fully invested. My mom after school would, I literally had like a one and a half hour break to eat, digest, and then she would drive me to classes. And sometimes she would stay there hours, wait for me. Sometimes I would write back with other people. 
until this day, it's been like a up and down journey, but my family is like, I'm blessed. They are my number one supporters. That's so cool. I love that. Yeah. And I, I, I share in that. I also got lucky in that department. Mm-hmm. Um, I Maybe this is a gentle segue. I would love to hear, because I know this episode will release on Cinco de Mayo, and I, I know that there are a lot of misconceptions about number one, Cinco de Mayo, but Mexico in general. Um, I think Americans have the idea that this is Mexican Independence Day or Mexico's Independence Day. And um, yeah. that's that's not. Uh, I also think Americans probably party harder on Cinco de Mayo than, than most Mexican people do. So I'm curious, yes. as you were growing up, was Cinco de Mayo something you celebrated? Uh, to be honest, we we did not. Uh, we did not. I mean, uh, officially, Independence Day in Mexico is celebrated on the 15th of September or September the 15th. I thought it was September 16th. Am I crazy? Uh-huh. So basically, we do something that's called uh, El Grito, <gasps> which is kind of go like get shouting out. There's this whole thing. So you kind of stay up on the 15th, eat, celebrate. And then at midnight, uh, the president rings a huge bell that kind of just declares the independence and you just stay up and party. I mean, I learned about Cinco de Mayo in school, but not until I moved into the U.S. and really started seeing everybody mm-hmm. celebrate it so much. I was it even I had to go back to my like school books and be like, like, I know it's uh, the Battle mm-hmm. of Puebla. So there's um, when the French wanted to come on to Mexico and there was a little battle and that's what happened but we don't even get like no days off in school and work or so it's really just today that we we commemorate that it happened but it's not a big deal at all like I could probably ask one of my cousins in Mexico right now and they'd be like what I was talking about this with a friend last night that's also Mexican and it was like this is such a cool opportunity for us to also go back and dig into our history in order to answer these questions properly and uh it was just fun to go look and to see how and why it, this celebration moved into the U.S. And now it's this big, big thing. I'm, I'm excited to be shedding some light on it. I, I vaguely recall learning about it in school, but not with any depth. Um, but now yeah. as, an, as an adult who's been taking much, um, uh, much more interest in the history of all sorts, I do want to take a pause in a moment to like, to, to honor the history, and I, I think the coolest thing about this holiday, if I could, I think the coolest thing about this holiday is that the Battle of Puebla was won not because of like great power in numbers. Mexicans at that, I think, were outnumbered by like 4,000 or something insane. I think there were 2,000 Mexican yeah. soldiers and 6,000 French. And so one of the things that I am a proponent of always is rooting for the underdog. And so I can't think of a better reason to celebrate. And I, when I see like imagery of the Mexican person with a poncho and a sombrero covering his head and taking a nap, like that's not the person that just won a a battle outnumbered by 4,000. It's such a misconception, such a, such a, a a wrongly perpetuated stereotype. So um, yeah, I, I, I'm glad you're open to talking about that. And I'm curious about how Americans might change their celebrations, knowing a little bit more about the context. (laughs) Yes. No, I mean, thank you for wanting to talk about it. To me, I feel like it's super important to, even as a Mexican myself, to reclaim 
all of this history and to inform ourselves and, and shift that energy to be more than like a proud way rather than something that is being used. Mm -hmm. How, how do you think you'll celebrate it this year? Ooh, I would probably say dancing on Wednesdays. I train house. So <laughs> I would just mm -hmm. probably dance, uh, <laughs> maybe get together with friends. I haven't really planned out. I, I had a friend that actually got into she's also Mexican but she got into like celebrating it here so I feel like she was the main mm -hmm. like spearhead on being like let's do something but I wasn't mm -hmm. really passionate about celebrating right well that's awesome I will be celebrating by releasing this podcast <laughs> by focusing on history yes, and um if you could I would love if you could give any any of your Los Angeles insider tips. I would love to patronize authentic Mexican restaurants. If I could be putting some money in the pockets of the real thing and the real people from the real place, I would so love to be doing that. Yes, absolutely. Oil Heights, East LA. I feel like going there, supporting small businesses. Really, uh, I went to this place called Gracias Madre. I really was investigating like who owns this super Mexican vegan spot like it made me think like as somebody who moved here where, where is it going to like is it cycling full circle into uplifting the community that I, that I I fight to be a part of and fight to represent so there is a lot of really good spots right now I feel like I would just say one that my my friend she's Mexican as well she put me on to it's called El Cocinero and it's all vegan all plant-based like tacos just many other dishes and, it, and it's bomb Let's go. Searching. Okay, so th that this is this is an awesome like help kit, I think. So the do's of it are like do focus on history, do partake in authentic cuisine, do a little extra digging in terms of yes. finding out whose pockets you're filling with your patronage. Yeah. Um, I, I think with everything, it goes into that. Like For sure. For where, sure. where am I putting my money? Hopefully being more deliberate all, all across the board, um, but mm. especially in these, as you mentioned, heavily marketed uh, Americanized holidays that have nothing to do with Americans. It's wild. Yeah. So I'm like, what? It's, it's it, wild. It's learning also. I'm, I'm learning so much about myself and, and going back into my history and, and like, thank God I have my parents. I, I ask them questions all the time and about even cooking. Mm. How do I want to do better as well so that I can share that with other people and like learning how to cook vegan things myself using maybe cactus and flowers and uh, just other ingredients that are still, you know, the, the yummy the, yes. that I can make myself. Oh my gosh. I am now having a mouthwatering situation. Side note, if ever there is a Lily Frias cookbook, I will buy it. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, okay, so I, on the subject of your heritage and how proud you are about it, I would love to talk a little bit about this um, Instagram video. I. I, I call it an Instagram video. That's only because I saw it there in the, in the caption you addressed how important it is to you to break norms of all kinds, but specifically gender norms in Latin America and, and how important it is to be outspoken about who you are. Um, you talk about queerness, you talk about um, using your voice in a community that sometimes those voices are less, you know, less outspoken, less heard, less, embraced perhaps. And I'd love to hear more about how you experienced that um, in the dance world, how you came to find your voice and your freedom through dance um, and perhaps any words of encouragement for 
people following in your footsteps. Absolutely. Uh, this is such a, I even get emotional. It's like such a dance for me is, has always been such a, a blessing. I am so grateful that I get to move my body and that I really get to, to channel all of those emotions and all of those voices and everything through dance. Like, I really don't know what I would do without it. And um, I think my heritage and self-discovery and self-exploring is, is a hand in hand with my dance, whether it be a job or a performance or a battle or a cipher or at a party where I was dancing and like discovering new things about myself, whether it be good or bad or new things, a lot of new things came into place in, in my journey through dance and through people around me that, you know, just this amazingly talking about my family, my friends, a joke, a joke about my grandma, like things my mom says that are funny. So I really do feel now more than ever that I really carry, proudly carry the weight of like all my sacrifices and all the people that came to, to make me be here. Like my mom, my parents, my sister, all of them influenced me. And I think I channel all of that into dance. I'm sure a lot of women, a lot of women have suffered from uh, abuse, sexism, like machismo, a lot of gender norms. I, I grew up in a very, very religious, uh, I mean, I, I was going to religious Catholic schools until I was 17. I was wearing a uniform and going to church every Friday. Like it's uh, within school. So having to digest all of that and break that all down in my brain still till this day. And I use dance as a tool to help me be like, oh, like, what do I feel? Like, what do I want to do? So do, doing, doing that video was, was really special. And, and like I wrote in the caption that uh, Chavela Vargas, the, the singer, uh, she, she made her career in Mexico and in a time where it was never like women were barely wearing pants. Like it was, uh, it was hardcore and I give it up to her and being, being in, in spaces where it was male dominated and she was just like, F it. Like, and, and you hear it in her voice being like, ah, like you can hear the weight of just like, this is who I am. And, and it is with every type of song you hear from her. So I, I connect so much to that. And I feel that when I watch it, I feel weight. I feel questions being answered for you. And I feel your answers being sometimes shouted, sometimes whispered, but really embodied. Like it's, it's such a powerful thing to watch. I'm really excited to, to share it with our listeners. Okay, so one of the things that I love most about that video is a fusion of styles. Um, I think if somebody asked me, like, what does Lily do? I'd be like, oh, she's a sick popper and she's a sick whacker. But you're, you're many, many things. Um, how would you explain your style in general? And how would you explain the style of that video? Well, particularly of that video, I really learned uh, what the meaning of uh, punking, and I'll go into a little bit of history, but uh, uh, from what I, I learned from uh, Victor Manuel, one of the OG punkers in LA that was going to the club and, and Gino's where Michelangelo was mixing and LGBT people of color 
or coming together. Obviously, when you learn whacking, the first things that you see are like the arms and the speed and the disco and school, school, school. But I, I, I love that. I mean, I'm that person at the club going crazy. I am that. I'm under the curtains and on the floor and like, woo. But uh, I heard punking, what, where punking came from. So they used to call that, oh, j- look at the punkers punking. So they took that, that word of oppression and turned it into expression. When I heard that, it, it, it just, I connected deeper with what I thought it, the dance had to look like and what it meant for me. And I think that's how, that's how I'm able to, to tell stories and to, to express that way using that type of movement. It doesn't have to be arms and flip and turn and all of this. It could just be you telling your story. And because they were so inspired by uh, black and white movies like Greta Garbo, all Judy Garland. Like, you know, when you see these movies, they're like, they're not dancing, but they're, you could feel that they're like, oh, turn. Oh. Right. Yeah. Often people say like, voguing is the runway, the picture, and whacking is the movie. So, so that's how sometimes I, I tell to people to differentiate. Obviously, it's, it's completely different, but I, using punking and using whacking vocabulary in that video and also, I mean, also learning popping and other styles, just I really love to like isolate and wave and just changing the posture of what what maybe doesn't look as pretty and as disco diva and like, ooh, but that is more raw and original to what I like to do. And I think that inspires other people to to explore. Like even when I teach, I'm like, I'm not teaching you to do this dance exactly like me because that would be boring as hell. Why would I go to a battle where everybody knows the song, everybody's going to say the same thing, everybody's going to do the same move. I'd be bored. Like I want to see these styles, all of this was meant for individuality to celebrate you and celebrate the history and celebrate what it was created for. So I think just adding always who I am into the dance, I don't, it's so much more gratifying. And I love this. And I don't even, I, I don't even know which direction to go from there because you've piqued my interest. It's a lot of mixes. On several, several different levels, like this idea of individuality and and the notion that teaching someone to do it like you is actually a disservice when it comes to teaching, especially a street style or, or, or teaching someone who will eventually end up in a battle. If if there are a bunch of yous running around, then no one would ever win the battle. There's yeah, it's a we draw would all just, every time. Yeah. So I I love this idea of encouraging individuality. Um, I also love. I'm a sucker for it. Um, I know the word fusion has annoyed mm-hmm. has annoyed me in the past. It it annoys people. Mm-hmm. Things will annoy people. Um, I remember being at Tony Basil's house once. We were jamming. Oh, I love. Yeah. And she was <laughs> she was watching me get down. And after you know, after I was through, she was like, what do you call that? <laughs> I was like, I could clearly see her just being dry and looking at you dry. like, what like, do you call that? One hand on the hip. What do you call that? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was like, I, that's just my style. And she said, right. You, 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 you can like tap a little too. Right. And you do jazz and all the things. I mean, jazz, what a dance studio calls jazz, mm-hmm. not regular yeah. jazz. That's a, um, a yeah. A whole different story. conversation. But uh, she, she encouraged me in that moment to dance my history and use all of it, which for me, my history is a dance studio with 
exposure to many, many different styles, but I didn't go deep on any one thing. And I, for a long time, punished myself for that, for Mm. not being a specialist at anything. Mm. And it wasn't until I decided to use all those things um, in different balances, dialing this up, dialing this down, and having that mix of skill become my mix of style. And I see a similarity in you um, and I guess my question would be this, when you're, when you're dancing all styles or battling in an all styles battle, mm-hmm. are you thinking about what goes where are you dissecting the music thinking, Oh, that's a funk groove. I want to pull from my seventies locking mm. infusion, or this makes me feel like the disco ball itself. I am at the club. I am whacking, or this makes me feel still and picturesque. So I am voguing, or is there Uh, a switch that flips and you kind of go out of body and whatever style shows up is what shows up. Yeah. I am very much of a free spirit. (laughs) I am not the type of uh, freestyle dancer and like, honestly props to everyone who can create like combos and, and hat tricks and all of this. Like, of course you, you train all the time. You train the foundations, you train variation, you train all of that takes so much work separate from before when you're in there in the present. But once I'm in there in the present, I'm just trying to be present for to, to be redundant. Honestly, a lot of the times, uh, everyone has different battle tactics. But me, I, I always think, especially because sometimes I, I battle a lot of people who don't do my styles in those occasions. For example, for like dance your style, I battled all B-boys. I don't break. I don't break like I'm not I'm not one to like flip and do tricks and head spins or all of the amazing things that that these people can do. But I'm like, what can I do? Mm. So I think it's just channeling the emotion like immediately, like flipping that switch and and not even I don't think I'm even preparing anything. I'm just writing the music. It's, it's very organic. A lot of the times when I'm battling, I'll watch the video and be like, well, that happened. Okay. Uh, I'm happy. I had a good time. I can tell that you have a good time. I, it, when you dance, it seems um, sensational in two ways. Number one, meaning like it's excellent, but two, it looks like you are sense, like you're experiencing sensations in your body and you're, it's, 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 a an emotional sensational ride. Like you, you mentioned the ride of the music. Um, and that is a quality that I so much love in a performer. I love someone that experiences dance versus demonstrates dance or performs dance. Um, so here's the ultimate segue. I, I try to accomplish that. And I think we, we three seaweed sisters, Oh my God, my dearest Jillian Myers and Megan Lawson with the seaweed sisters. That's almost exclusively what is going on is we're experiencing <laughs> dance. Um, yes. Sometimes it's like, it's just happening. Dance is happening to us and we're just there for it. Um, but you also rest in a powerful triad of dance. Can you please talk a little bit about Femme Fatale? Yes. Just take the floor and let's shed some oh, my, yes. global super sensations. Oh, I adore all three of you. you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, I am. I am so honored and so grateful to 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 get down and create with these ladies, the crew Femme Fatale, uh, the company, I would say now it's it's me and Marie Poppins from France and Dasi Lee from Korea. I feel like we've been together for about four, four years, I would say. Ooh. And uh we came together just like randomly to Marie was invited to perform a piece in Sweden. 
And then she was like, oh, would you and Desi like to perform? And there's also this competition called Dance Delight. And if the whoever wins goes to Japan. And we were like, uh, sure, let's do it. So that's the first time that we ever started creating from scratch together and, and put this piece together. And we were in the living room of my old apartment, just like making so many creative things and creating step by step together like we use everyone's superpower even though it makes no sense like I'm like little brown and short and then Dasi and then Marie and just we're all so so different but at the same time just kind of merge in a super unique way so that was the beginning that, that we got to dance together and then ever since just things have been blooming and I've just had the the amazing ride of like traveling and teaching and performing all over the world with my sisters they're they're my they're my peers and my co-workers and I respect them so much as as freestyle dancers and individual choreographers and artists and just everything they do and we get to just bring that together and just create <laughs> so uh, Awesome. I, you know, I had no idea, but the seaweed sisters kind of share a similar origin story. It wasn't deliberate. We weren't trying to create a dance trio. We were, yeah, it was never like invited to do a thing. And we're like, oh, I love, I'm, I much prefer dancing with my friends. Do you guys want to join me? And then when it's good, it's good. If it ain't broke, you don't fix it. It just keeps getting better. Mm -hmm. Oh, so cool. Um, Do you guys have any shows or projects coming up that we should be on the lookout? Hmm. Well, we just had uh, our first online intensive in April and we are planning to do it again this year. And uh, we just did a a performance for the Versastyle anniversary. So we created something for that. And we have a a group of girls that we've been training for over a year now called uh, the Fam Fatale, like family. So we are teaching uh, them and trying to build a company, which we, of course, one day we want to perform, bring them into theaters and just get to choreograph and open doors like we kind of open doors for each other. So lots, a, of, lots of things in the works. Yeah. What a dream, though. That's beautiful. Um, I would love to talk more. Maybe we maybe later down the road, Words That Move Me has all fatales on the podcast. Yeah, uh, I, I would love to. Oh, my God. Or what if we do a Seaweed Sisters uh, co episode maybe it's like that's a lot of that's a lot I would love that I love it everything y'all make I'm always just like who how do you think of this is this only it's so unique it's like yes of course that of course they're doing it like if I if I'm being honest even before I moved to the U.S. I was watching videos of like Jillian and you and Megan I actually met Megan when she was on ABDC and like Penny Pack and the Jillian even seeing you with and like rock your body I was like oh my god is this Dana Wilson I was like I was losing my shit so until this day I have like so much admiration for strong women doing what they do and that like that's it yeah Likewise, my friend, and that is why you're here. <laughs> it is it is incredible. And I think dance has this ability to both make the world seem really, really big. Like I could never get to the bottom of all the styles that I think are incredible. I could yeah. never become as good as I want to be at all the things that I think are fascinating. Um, but it also has this way, dance has this way of making the world feel small. And like the our, our, our ability to meet each other and meet our heroes and- yeah, Yes. And form Absolutely. a crew with with somebody from F- France and somebody from South Korea. That's I'm I'm pretty sure that's where she's from, right? Yes. Um, yeah. 
it just I, like it is a truly remarkable and precious and awesome thing um and i count it as like number one dance blessing is the dance yeah. world like i met maria in mexico and then i met dasi here and i feel like they that we have so many things in common like moving from another country and you know missing mm-hmm. our families mm-hmm. we always talk about work as well but we always just come back to places where it's like oh today is my niece's birthday and i'm not there and they'll they'll give me a word of like no but you're there and what you're doing and they're so proud of you so don't don't doubt your journey like we're we're here for it cuz they're we're all going through the same thing so it's that's huge yeah that's huge. They're great. I love them. Well, I'm thrilled to see what you, uh, what you three and you as an individual do next. Thank you. Um, I'm really thrilled about sharing time and getting to know you a little bit better. Thank you so much for being open about your culture, about what's important to you, about, uh, the way you feel and the way that you create. It's just all of it. I love. No, likewise, Dana, for real. Like I, I have little, little, like small memories. I remember Quick, quick story. I wasn't even I wasn't even living here. And Foundation, uh, my crew from Mexico, we we came here and we were kind of just riding buses. And I mean, public transportation in LA is not it. But and we wanted to take Popping Pete's class in the old Evolution, yes. the one that was near Universal Studios. And yes. then you knew they had like those little windows. And then we were just we got there late because of public transportation. And I just remember watching the class. And I remember you were in it, and you oh, were wearing sure. like shiny shoes and like slipping around and in their game funky and now actually sharing you know sometimes a cypher like taking your class or sharing movement and then just mm-hmm. hearing you want to hear about my story is just like damn it's it's full circle so like you you never really know where being yourself and and connecting genuinely with other people can take you like that's just a part of the journey so Thank you for having me. <laughs> Lily, I could not have closed it up any better than that. Thank you for that <laughs> memory. And I do remember that class. Oh, I'm I so agree. glad that, that you recalled that to my memory. It brings a big smile to my face. I do, um, yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to share any and all of the work that you're up to. Yes. So on that note, everyone who's listening on the day of its release, I will send you out into your Cinco de Mayo. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Lily, for being here. I'll talk to you thank soon. Thank you, Dana. Bye. Bye. All right, my friends. How fabulous is Lily? The truth is, you don't even know how fabulous she is until you've seen her get down. Holy smokes. Uh, So that said, I have linked to the Instagram video that she and I were discussing and some other essential femme fatale videos that I think you must watch immediately. Those are all in the show notes to this episode in whatever podcast forum you're listening to, or you could go to thedanawilson.com slash podcast. Look up this episode, which is episode 70. 71? Where are we? Oh my gosh, this will be 71. I'm on fire. Um, so if you want to check out all the fun quick links and stuff like that, go to thedanawilson.com slash podcast, or check out the show notes of this episode. Dig in. Enjoy. And don't forget to mark your calendars for May 11th, 2 p.m. Pacific. And enjoy Cinco de Mayo with reverence, with responsibility, with respect. And keep it funky. I will talk to you soon. Me again. Wondering if you ever noticed that one more time almost never means one more time. (laughs) Well, here on the podcast, one more thing actually means two more things. Number one thing, if you're digging the pod, if these words are moving you, 
please don't forget to download, subscribe, and leave a rating or review because your words move me too. Number two thing, I make more than weekly podcasts. So please visit thedanawilson.com for links to free workshops and so, so, so much more. All right, that's it now, for real. Talk to you soon. Bye.